sounds good. It sounds even better in mm. harmony. Hey guys, welcome to episode 46 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Common number five, and my fellow host once dealt damage to Fog Bank Big Tuck. Hey. What's going on, Tuck Tuck? Uh, if you were my uh, arch enemies in fourth grade, you would have said that I would have sat on them. So uh, I'm glad you didn't hurt me emotionally like those kids did. <laughs> uh, what is up? We're here. Yeah, I just like hey. hurt you mentally in games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by tormenting me by only playing Xerus. Uh, no, I, I'm good. Uh, glad to be here. Really excited about this deck that we uh, drug tug up from our collective bottom of the shoe. Yeah. Um, kind of had a weird week, so I had, I had, I had to... Uh, so I passed my certification, got a raise last week. I'm potentially hiring a friend uh, as an intern, which is a long story. I had to get tested for COVID on Monday. Hey, and then. Too. And then Wednesday, for the first time since I've owned them, Stout caught a mouse. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't, know. I didn't either. But just like his uh, just like his dad, he's deceptively agile, as it turns out. But he was like meowing a bunch and running around at late late at night, like when I was going to bed. And by that, I mean like 10. I was like, what is going on? So I turned the light back on and I was like, is that a locust? And I was like, no, it's a mouse. <laughs> it was like this. He like was mauling it. The was it alive? So yeah. I. I, uh, I, ga- I gave him uh, I gave him a little mercy kill action and uh, threw him away. So, but I haven't seen any since. Uh, how, how, was yeah. your, uh, how was your brain inspection well, here's via the, the COVID test? Uh, well, the joke I say is I did so much <laughs> cocaine in Vegas that my nasal cavity is really big. <laughs> um, no, it wasn't that bad. It was it was weird, but I've had no things like that before. So, anyways, Mr. Combo. Yeah. Hello. Are you there? Yeah. Hi. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? Not about me prattling oh, oh, on about oh, nothing. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's so nice of you to ask. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm doing well. Uh, as, as I was telling the guys precast, um, I had to get my HVAC system replaced this week because uh, my house, uh, my AC would run for 19 to 20 hours a day and would never get cooler than like 76 to 78 degrees. So. Uh, had, had to get that replaced, and let Oof. me tell you, once that once they turned on the AC of the new one, I just put my hand next to the vent. I could have got blown away. Holy hell! The the power of new AC. <laughs> do you still it's have phenomenal. that? Do you have the ceiling fan? Do you have that like yeah, attic fan attic thing fan. still going, or did that get replaced too? Nope, nope, that's still there. That didn't need is to that be replaced. Still there or is it, that's still there. Yeah, that's still there. Nice. Yeah, yeah no, I like they, that. They, they replaced the furnace, the AC, and then the air drop duct thing in the basement. Um, and then honestly, I guess there was a bunch of stuff down there that was just antiquated, so they just got rid of it. Uh, my like my laundry room is so much cleaner and tidier now. It's it's weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. Other other than that, super super uh, excited to talk about this hot piece of trash we got here. Uh, which you know what? That'll be a great segue over into the owner of this hot piece of trash and our producer, audio producer Squee McGee, and his company Ridgecast Records here in Kansas City. Squee, why the hell did you build this weatherlight report? This trash is on fire. Uh, I actually I built this. I was gifted these cards in a different language. I don't remember which. Um, I believe by a friend of the cast, Will. Uh, or the goad, as it were. Um, so that prompted me to the build goad. it. And then I looked through my pile of, I don't know, I got like 1,500 cards and picked out 98 of them that might work. And that's where I left it, pretty much. So 
that's that's where we're at right now. This is a hot piece of garbage. I will say it does place, and I'm going to emphasize here this slightly. It plays slightly better than it looks on paper. However, uh, I believe all all told, right now, I think this deck's one and thirteen. So uh, the percentage nice. record of winning is really high. I have some really good news for you, Squee, as well. You're going to have to repeat that literally word for word after Mr. Cabo actually introduces the deck in about four to five minutes. So, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, guys, if you know more ways to support uh, times where we have to re-record four times in a row, <laughs> I'm 17 beers deep. Uh, you should have a real sponsor, LevelOneGameShop.com. <laughs> Surprise, they're not an alcohol company. Uh, <laughs> We're working on this, We're working like, on that. <laughs> Like the sweet exclusive CMD Tower playmat and Matt Hunter Pack sleeves, they also do have a great TCG player store with a high accuracy rating, so you know you don't get those canceled orders. And they do have pretty competitive prices. Um, and another way to support the show is also head over to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash CMD Tower, with four different pledge levels. The rewards vary from just getting access to a very rambunctious Discord yeah. here recently. Oh, uh, yes, indeed. Let's pick up Pips don't time. lie. Know your place. Don't question me on whether Exquisite Bond is better than Sanguine Blood. I'm uh, right. You're wrong. That, it's there, okay. There, I will say this in the Discord. I try to get on as much as I can um, and just, like, be a passive viewer, but there's times where, like, I'll either be in bed or maybe like using the restroom for five minutes and come back. And it's like an ape. It's like an a bomb has gone off. Like high emotions are running. Emotions are running high. People, people are upset. Um, also, Oh, I, I want to give a, another thing with level one. Um, if you try to order from some of the bigger game shops, they split your orders into like a gazillion packages and the shipping super expensive. Whereas if you order from level one, they'll send it to you in one concise package. So that's another benefit of supporting that. For shout. Oh yeah. That, that's a great point. Um, and we do have a returning patron today. Uh, he had left. He came back. He oh, couldn't he resist the collective. Uh, Will, welcome back. Hey. And no, that is not to give you guys all incentives to leave and come back for more <laughs> shout outs. Right. I said to put that out there. And then, you know, of course, our, our top tier is getting new CMD tear play mat and sleeves. And of course, the free ways to share the content you're already listening to uh, or watching. If you're on YouTube, uh, every little bit of interaction from the collective actually does help. And I will do a special little nugget here. Uh, we are working on our new Squeeze Choir Awards, um, and we do have some left over from last, but we are doing a thing to where if you're in the tier when the stuff's ready, we're going to still send it to you, even if we've already sent it to you in the past. So now is the perfect time to sign up if you want to get those custom Big Tuck and Mr. Combo cards, because you'll get those and you'll get the new stuff coming out. And so, just a heads up and we Squeeze Choir, if you do want to get your rewards, I do request a video of you singing because I need to vet your skills. <laughs> It's yeah, that's throw. literally not true at all. It's, it's pitched. It's pitched. It's pitched perfect out here. Um, also, we have gotten a spoiler of our own in the form of one of the cards that we've seen so far, the new ones, and uh, gotta say, it's incredible. Uh, yes. <laughs> so. Yep. We we actually commissioned uh, patron marketing Ross to do yeah. art for the uh, next three cards, and uh, Ross, you have not disappointed so yes. far. It's all. it's incredible. So, uh, and then the last thing, guys, is we do want to give a big shout out and thank you to the music provided in the beginning and the end by Pink Royal. And uh, hey, stay tuned until the end so you guys can get details on how you can win that Chandra Spellbook. It's going to be your last chance to do so. So don't be a chicken. Right. Nugget. In my stomach. Nuggies. I wish it was there. You got to do the so nuggies and the frosties. We talked about this. Oh, the yeah, spicy nuggies and the frosties. Oh, my and gosh. It's so good. 
French fries only. So Brews and Bills is our deck tech series. It's all about the decks that Big Tuck, our guests, and I have in our Path to 32. Each podcast, we're going to talk about one of those Path to 32 decks, but hey, in a cool manner of brewing some beers. So we broke it down into four categories. The first one's going to be ramp and setting your board state. That's the grain bill. Um, so before we get into that, Mr. Combo, I think you'll find the irony in this quite delicious. Um, earlier this week, I brewed up a batch of beer. Actually, I brewed about three weeks ago. Had to throw it out this week because it went bad. So coincidentally, we have an interesting we have an interesting parallel potentially with the stack we're discussing today. Um, grains are the foundation of a beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a sixty to forty ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp in your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. So basically what you're saying is Squee McGee should take this deck, throw it in the trash, and make a Brea deck. Yeah, okay. I, I can be talked into it. <laughs> uh, and the next one's going to be, how does your board interact with the rest of your opponents? That's hops. Uh, and hops give the beer its, bad, its patented bitterness and herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPA. I'm currently enjoying a delicious uh, Scorpius Mortella double IPA that has uh, Pacific Northwest and Southern Hemisphere hops. So there you have it. Um, our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do it at once. And then the next thing is going to be, how does the deck actually win games, which this deck's record, clearly it doesn't do much of. We're calling that yeast. <laughs> we're sorry, Squee. Uh, yeast are microorganisms that eat, this, that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content to carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then the next thing is going to be shenanigans, pet card synergies that are in the deck that are just kind of interesting or fun. We kind of relate that to spices. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, or the aforementioned addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then to wrap up the episode, we do have a bottle capping. There's going to be Big Tucks, Argus, and I's recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget personal recommendation. The only restriction is no mana-only lands, which was really hard because I really wanted to do triomes, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get brewing. Today, we're talking Squee McGee's Weatherlight Report Special. Here it is. Line dancing with a Kiri to Ludovic's dismay. Woo! Now, what a name! Before before we before we get into this, we do have to say that we on we uh, we're talking in our chat, and we kind of realized that we had inadvertently done an artifact theme this entire month. And Mr. Cumble's like, yep. "Tuck, do you have any other artifact decks?" And I was like, "I really don't. We can do Duretti, but we've covered half the cards. We can sort of do Colorless, but that card's." Terrible. We're holding out for a very special guest for that. And then it's kind yeah. like, all right, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing squeeze. We're doing Kiri. <laughs> uh, well, it's just because I don't really have any artifact yeah. decks. We've talked about that on previous casts. Um, just artifacts have never been something that really interests me. Sure. Um, I mean, heck, no offense, Squee. I even reached out to guests to try to find someone that had an interesting artifact deck. And everyone's like, I don't really do artifacts. Yeah. I was like, really? Hell, I guess we're doing this <laughs> hand in a hand. This this hot piece of trash hand basket, son of a bitch over here. It's Sorry for the cursing, ladies and germs. Oh, this this it's real bad. And a half. It's a 
uh, it's quite a uh, quite a time out there on the field. So, so Squee, why don't you give us a little bit of history? I know you did so in the beginning, but kind of, you know, A, I know this is a Weatherlight report. Yep. So what kind of made you want to make this from just a MTG Action for news segment into something you actually own in paper? It was a gift. Um, yeah, Friend of the Cast Will gifted me both the commanders, which I wasn't expecting. And quite frankly, I do not believe I had any intention of building this deck. And then uh, one day I was looking through my binder and I was bored and I was like, well, I'm going to build something out of all the shit that I have sitting around. So I pulled both of these guys out, put them out there, started pulling a bunch of cards. Come to find I had, you know, a fair amount of really <laughs> Close to facts that I can put in there. So uh, we found 98 cards that work and, and here we are. Um, I was talking to Big Talk about this a little bit precast. And so this deck is arguably in my opinion a little bit and i'm going to emphasize a little bit like a little bit better than it looks on paper uh it really <laughs> really looks terrible on paper um when you actually play it it is kind of sneaky it is kind of fun you do have to slide under the radar with it um and generally in my experience i've come close to winning say like three or four games i've only pulled out one but been close to a few um, it's actually not doing as bad as I would have expected <laughs> from what I'm looking at here. And believe me, once I typed this out uh, a couple of days ago, I was just like, oh my God, what wow. is this thing? <laughs> so, um, well, and I will say this, to, to it's all the crap talking that I'm doing. The reason that I call the deck a hot piece of trash and flaming garbage that only <laughs> Satan can produce um, is because the, the the way the deck wins and sweet, tell me if I'm wrong, command damage. You're winning off Voltron with Akiri, correct? Yes, and, yes. and real quick, just for those playing the home game, Akiri is a uh, 03 legendary creature core soldier for Boros that's uh, red and a white. First Strike mm -hmm. Vigilance, um, she gets a plus one, plus zero for each artifact you control. Um, First Strike and Vigilance and has partner. Yes, and then uh, Ludovic, his partner, uh, Ludovic Necro Alchemist, is one colorless, uh, blue and a red, uh, human wizard. At the beginning of each player's end step, that player may draw a card. If a player other than you lost life this turn, is a 1-4. And so, and that was kind of my point, though, is the reason the deck... To me, because I have a Voltron deck, uh, my Bird of Prey, mm -hmm. and the only reason I am of the opinion that deck works is because I have all the oppressive stuff in there <laughs> to slow down your opponents. Right. Because Voltron, it's just easy to like, oh, I remove your commander. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll just cast him again. Well, I remove right. him again. Because you're basically 1v3. Because I used to have a Zelda deck years back yeah. uh, where um, Rafik was Link, and it was all Zelda-themed cards, mm -hmm. but it was a Voltron deck. And the deck never yeah. worked because there's only so much you can do with right. the mana that you have. So that's where I kind of say the deck's a hot piece of trash just because you did put it together with random cards and the strategy is Voltron. But hopefully in the bottle capping, we'll be able to pick some under $5 cards to maybe make the deck a little bit better. Oh, yeah. And I will say one of Akiri's strengths is how bad it is because people just don't touch you. Yeah. So you can oh, yeah. make it till the end of the game. I almost never get killed first or second. I'm usually the second to last person alive. And that the gives me a decent shot at going through to it. But uh, yeah, it's a, a strength and weakness, if you will. So uh, before we get into this thing, I, I want to bring up a piece of magic history that might have gone, you know, cotton. So 
Um, we all know about the Kiri line dance has taken barns all over the southern states by storm, <laughs> count one. Um, but I think people might be forgetting some other MTG dance crazes of yesteryear. So the first one's the one everyone knows about, right? Um, and it's from the Time Spiral Twist fad. We're talking about Joyer's Jitterbug, right? Oh, we've, yes. we've talked about it previously on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a very, you know, flowing dance, great with a big band. Um, after that, though, there was an ostr- there's a couple that are not as well known, right? Um, the, during the ostrich ballet obsession of the onslaught block, there was the astral slide, which goes a little bit like <laughs> slide to the left, exile a creature till end of turn. Jesus. So we're all familiar with that one, right? Um, but I think what we forget mostly is the most recent one. Um, this is from the Theros Timberlake training video called the burnished mm. the burnished hustle, right? So for those who aren't aware, it goes a little bit like this. <clears throat> Burnish Hustle, Basics and Sack to Fetch to Basics. It's not great, but pretty good in White Ducks. We all remember that one, right? Like, uh, just for all those Burnish Heart players out there, you can't. Just some some things just to keep in mind while we're talking about, you know, the flow of of this deck and all that. So I just Uh, wanted, you know. I'd like a video of you performing all these dances for the collective, please. Well, I was thinking, I know this would be a lot of editing, but I thought it'd be funny if it had like the line, like the words at the bottom and then it's my face like going around them, right? Like the karaoke, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much was the, uh, the main takeaway I had to say up front. <laughs> well, you know, one of the big takeaways that I had, none of that, uh, was the average CMC record 243. Yeah. We've never shocked. had a deck that low. I was shocked. And I guess I shouldn't be because there's a fair amount of zero drops in here. Well, not a fair amount, but more than your average deck. Um, but yeah, that that actually, I, I'm now going to work on getting that lower, I think, because that's how I'm so, so I'm checking the deck right now. It says 2.0 where I'm looking at. Uh, Did that get screwed up? I just refreshed and I'm also looking at 2.0. Uh, I refreshed. And I'm looking at 2.0. What? <laughs> oh, uh, so Squee, I think something happened to where you lost a bunch of cards. At, wait, do you have? Wait, hold on. It says there's 100 cards in here. Huh. Yeah, I just did. Well, I know the deck's not a 2CMC deck, so we know that. I mean, I saw 243 yesterday when I put it in. But I'm doing, I'm looking at just like the main board, 98 cards with the two commanders. <laughs> 2.0. Wow. It's this is just again, this is like another thing of the DDoS attack that happened a couple days ago. So, <laughs> clearly something's wrong at the TCG servers. M- moving on, uh the other thing I was going to point out is your mana for for you doing this on a budget and just with random crap that you have, your mana's about on par. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you look at your pie chart, too. so kudos to that. Well, thank you. Yeah, this um, um the I just had a, a lucky slew of decent mana in my binder that I could throw in there and the right artifact, uh, ramp, that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I got some talismans in here. I know I just pooped on those, so I'm just going <laughs> to eat my own words. All right. Well, let's uh, dive into this. Let's get this started. Let's go ramp and grain bill and squee with this being your deck. I want you to start us off. What's your first grain card you want to talk about? Uh, so first ramp card that I want to talk about is Glory of Warfare. Yeah. So it is a two colorless red, white enchantment. Uh, it's a rare. As long as it's your turn, creatures you control get plus two plus zero. As long as it's not your turn, creatures you control get plus zero plus two. And it's coming at like a buck 28, which is yeah. pretty good for something like that. Um, this plays yeah, everything. It's not bad. 
in my mind, this plays everything this deck needs. Um, yeah, <clears throat> so one of the big things about Akiri is she yeah. is a zero three, so uh, it's it is a little bit prone, and she only gets plus one plus zero for each artifact on the board, so it's a little bit prone to removal, say like a lightning bolt uh, or something along those lines. Uh, as you see, Commander, Commander, Commander Alsar. Um, so it's nice to have that plus zero plus two when it's not your turn, and then obviously the plus two plus zero feeds into your strategy of doing Voltron damage across the board with Akiri, and then swinging through on people and killing them that way. Uh, so I really like this card. It's a it's a very stable card. It's nothing too flashy, but it as as I would say is a perfect green. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean for well, I mean for me, it's a little overcosted for this deck because I think that's meant more for the Boros decks that are going wide with soldier tokens. Um, mm -hmm. So you got them as blockers, and then they're a little bit bigger. So I mean, I definitely think that card could be replaced with something better, but. If it's like you don't have really any other options and it's just laying around, it's fine. I think, uh, I, think I may I be think, cutting it later. Okay, I was like, I was like, you, you should you should check yourself because I feel like you're gonna say <laughs> that card's good but could be better for more than one card in the stack. Uh, give or take all of them. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, my my first one is a actually I think it's actually a great card for the deck. Um, really? We're talking haunted plate man. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, boy! Uh, so this is four colorless artifact yeah. equipment. Equip creature gets plus four, plus four. And Big Tuck, why don't you read why it's such a... Oh, sorry, it has equip four. Read, yeah. though, why it's such a cool card for this deck. So, zero until end of turn. Haunted Plate Mail becomes a four, four spirit artifact creature that's no longer an equipment. Activate this ability only if you control no creatures. Um, also, quick shout out. This was, uh, I think... Uh, friend of the show, Scooty Shuffles, played this in like three or four decks that he had. So I've seen this card do wow. it. Yeah. 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 Actually I'm a big fan of it because. Yeah, I like it because you know you're you're buffing Akiri with um, just the artifact static effect. Mm -hmm. You can equip Akiri with this, but mm -hmm. like I mentioned. Voltron decks always get picked on and you're always going to get your commander removed multiple times so she won't be there. So then you're just going to have this random dude on the board and you need a blocker and we talk about it. One ones or whatever. Two twos, it's like, okay, three threes are decent bodies, uh -huh. yep. but if you have a four four, you can block most things that come your right, way right. and be fine. Yep. Yeah, and I, think I like the, this I, card a lot. I think the other tech in here, why I like it, is like it's a, it can be a little clunky, but it is a 4-4 four, four for free, right? Mm -hmm. So if you need to, you can like suit it up with some equipment or some effects and swing in if you need to like push in that last bit of damage, right? Um, obviously, it's yeah. going to be more of a blocker. Obviously, you're, you're really hoping to equip it and then just have it sit around um to block some stuff but i just like it i think it's a cool card um i think it's really i think it's really well designed right like i like the idea of like ooh, it's spooky plate mail um that's a bit we haven't done that's a bit we haven't done in months uh and also it's 30 cents so if you have one, if you have one you know it's it's not like gonna break the bank yeah not to mention it's a uh four four for four that gives plus four plus four with equip cost of four i mean they're really all the fours here ooh. Anyways, yeah, I like this card. This has done work for me on the board. Um, it has been, just like you were saying, it's kind of nice when you have a Kiri out in the mana to cut or equip it onto yeah. a Kiri. But at the same rate, there are quite a few times where I don't have anything else out on the board. Akiri's out. Uh, Ludovic's not really much of a body. And, you know, you kind of like having him out there to draw some cards. So, uh, just having this out as, as a bit of a threat on the board is really nice to do that. Um, so, yeah, I like your pick. 
Our oh. pick, thank you very well, much. Uh, since me, oh, me and Tuck aligned to that, uh, Squee, what is your last ranting green card? All right, so the last one I wanted to talk about is something that will never go away. Uh, it's very cheap costed and it boots right into this deck. So it's Dark Steel Axe. Uh, it is an artifact equipment for one. It's an uncommon. Uh, it's indestructible. And then it has equipped creature gets plus two plus zero with an equipped cost of two. Uh, so this feeds into yep. Akira. You got an artifact on the board. She's getting plus one plus zero. Uh, it's indestructible. So it's never going to get wiped out. It's always going to be back when you bring Akira back onto it. And then the plus two plus zero I've come to find in this deck is actually pretty useful because there's a lot of things in here that will give double strike uh, so that allows you to amplify all of that and when you're thinking about any of these cards a good way to look at this with Akiri's ability is that's not plus two plus zero it's just effectively a plus three plus zero card right um so yep. i really like this it's a it's a staple artifact equipment for a deck like this where you just plop it on the board you know it's not going anywhere it's going to be effective and for one mana it's really easy to get you know when you draw your opening hand two three four cards in there and you can dump them out in the first two turns uh then you get a carry out you got a good base once she's out there so yeah. i like it yeah, I like it. I mean, I've run it in other decks before. Yeah. Um, it's okay. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a one for plus three, plus so on Akiri. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you can't really complain too much about that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and again, like, it survives Vandal Blast and that sort of thing if you care. So. Sure. All right. My last one. Um, I know how much you love Manalith. This is just better Manalith <laughs> like every mana rock is. We're talking about Darksteel Ingot. <laughs> We've never talked about it. This is Manalith that's indestructible, so therefore better than Manalith. I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, it costs three to play. It's an artifact like Manalith, but better. Um, it does tap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool like Manalith, but it's better because it's indestructible. And it's 76 cents, which is almost the cost of Manalith, so it's better. <laughs> wow! A great well, eight bit for Mr. Well, Combo. Oh, man. Well, I got, uh, I got nothing to say to that. Uh, I'm going to go swap this out for well, Manalith. Big Tech's trying to breathe. He's trying to compose himself. Um, but no, I'm actually a big fan of Darksteel Ingot. I run it in a couple other decks just because it's indestructible and there are board wipes that get rid of yeah. artifacts and nothing feels worse than paying three to play your Manalith <laughs> and then a board wipe happens and then it gets destroyed. Well, Mr. You Mr. wish Mr. you had a Darksteel Ingot Mr. at that Mr. point. Mr. Combo, I'm going to stop you right there. There's nothing worse than paying three and playing Manalith. <laughs> hey, that's Period. a dopamine dump there. Well, and, and I think we should point out that Squee McGee, as big of a Manalith fan as he is, he didn't even put Manalith in this deck. He just put in Darkseal Ingot, which is better Manalith. So. I don't have any more. I put them in all my decks already. No, I'm kidding. I didn't put it in. And surprisingly, to get Darkseal Ingot on MTGO is more expensive than to buy it in paper. What? It's two dollars and seventeen cents MTGO tick money yeah. for seventy six cents in real life. Do you think it's because it wasn't printed a bunch like through Commander products and stuff? Maybe because they don't. I don't know. That's it's that because all the paper players took my recommendation and bought uh, Manalith. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a it's oh a buyer it's a buyer's market. <laughs> Big 
Tuck, help us escape. Okay. Uh, what is the one you want to talk about? We're talking about another good good budget uh, equipment. We are talking about Civic Saber. So one colorless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, one colorless equipped creature gets plus one, plus zero for each of its colors. Um, and it can equip one. So granted, like, this this like did a lot of work. This does a lot of work in um, Yidra's decks if they're trying to get more combat focused because it gets plus four, plus zero for one. Um, but, like, it's just this is like a working man's thing, right? In reality, it'll give your it'll give your gal plus three plus zero, um, which is really interesting. But um, you know, and again, there's not a whole lot to say besides that. Uh, however, I did want to bring this up because uh, a little bit of tangential information here. So for those who have played Dungeons and Dragons, like I have for a very long time, um, a, the saber was the most broken weapon in Dungeons and Dragons because of a misprint. And the only thing that was ever printed, it had a critical range, so on a D8 between 18 and 21, right? Which is impossible to roll on a 20. But there were feats that you could take that double that range. So it goes from 18 to 21 to 17 to 21 to 15 to 27. So it's actually the most efficient way you can get a critical hit most consistently in Dungeons and Dragons through the saber weapon. I have no idea what you just talked about, but <laughs> oh, that's crazy! That's yeah. gonna, oh, man. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna play for that's gonna play for probably a shockingly large amount of the of the listeners out there. But anyways, um, that's the end of my bits for the for, for, for the show. So we're good there. Civic Saber, actually, I really like it. It's twenty three cents. Does a lot of work in these multicolored Voltron decks. Yeah, it's a budget great thing. It, it feeds into that low CMC, which I, I think is almost necessary in this deck. Um, <laughs> Clearly. you're going to try and dump out as many artifacts as possible. But yeah, this card's great. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, Civic Saber even goes in two color decks mm -hmm. that are more combat focused because mm -hmm. then at that point, it's like a dark steel axe, but it's a cheaper equipped yeah. cost. You just lose the indestructible piece. Um, so yeah, no, good call. That's gonna wrap up the green bill. Now we're gonna head over to the hot profile and I'll start this off with one of my favorite board wipes. Uh, you didn't have a whole lot in the deck. I think this <laughs> literally may be the only board wipe in the deck. It's one of the few that I have in any of my decks. Uh, we're talking about Divine Reckoning. Yeah. Sure. Divine Reckoning, two colorless white white, but it's great because it has flashback for five colorless white white, so you get to do it twice. Um, and it says each player chooses a creature he or she controls and then destroys the rest. So you're obviously, I mean, you do have 13 or 15 creatures in the deck, mm -hmm. not counting your commanders. So you do have some creatures, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be more punishing for your opponents yeah. than it Absolutely. ever should be for you. Yeah, and I mean, in my mind, this is a perfect fit here because Akiri is, quite frankly, all I care about having out on the board. When she's out there, I'm comfortable. If she's not right. out there, I am uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, and every other creature that I have in here is I need an adult. Just, like, yeah, it's it's just like a, a feed into the deck or feed into artifact creatures, that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, this is the only one in there. I haven't had a chance to use it. Because, you know, I only run one board wipe, so you don't draw it all <laughs> In all often. the decks you own. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this card's great for this deck. Uh, it, it's a perfect situation to leave one creature out on everybody's board and then swing through over the course of one or two turns. All right. Well, well uh, Squee McGee, what is your first hops card? All right. So the first hops card I wanted to talk about is my favorite zero drop in the deck. It is Shield Sphere. So it is a zero jar or sorry, zero drop artifact creature from alliances, I believe. Uh, counts as a wall. It's a zero six. If Shield Sphere blocks, it puts a negative zero, negative one counter on it. Um, so that gives you a six turn counter to block yeah. with him before it dies, which 
Usually if you get attacked six turns in a row, you're probably dead anyways. Um, this card's awesome. As a zero drop, it feeds immediately into a Kiri. I love picking these up on the first turn because mm -hmm. that makes sure nobody comes into you early in the game because they're not going to swing through a zero six. And then, uh, you know, just going forwards, it beefs everything the deck wants to do. Uh, helps lower that CMC, which is ever so important to me. Uh, and then it's from Alliances, which $3 is $3.55? Oh, it used Wait. to be a lot more. So when Arcades got previewed, this card spiked to like 15 it's, a, it's not that good. It's a monster in a Kiri, though. A zero drop that's also a 6-6. Six, six. Zero. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And, like, there's another one. You're called, talking about Arcades. Arcades, not a Kiri, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but, yeah, you know, I don't know why. It, I mean, it's gone down a lot. But I do agree. Like, I do like that. It gives you the block in this thing. Lets you go on the lets you go a little bit more on the offensive without having to worry about it. Um, mm -hmm. And goes up, to, uh, goes up to your commander as well. Exactly. That's fair. It's just the reason I don't like it is because it's not like it prevents the damage and yeah. puts a negative one counter on it. It's you just put a negative zero, negative one counter on it, and it still takes the damage. So if someone on you know the second round hits it for four, then it's just going to die. That's fine, but it's free. <laughs> like squee. Pish posh applesauce. <laughs> Dig it. All right. <laughs> Big Tuck, what do you got? All right. So we were talking about a scepter. But we're not talking about a real scepter, like one that's uh, that's a staff. Damn it! <laughs> All right, we're talking about a scepter. It's called Scepter of Dominance. It's a colorless, it's a colorless and a white light. Well, my bit there was like, oh god, damn it! I'm a liar. You're not supposed to have any more bits. Uh, it doesn't work if you. It doesn't work if you explain your bits. Is it? Is it? The bits just have to happen. Is it staff of domination? It's staff, right? Yeah, yeah. Damn it. All right. Well, I thought I had one there. So anyways, um, colorless white white for an artifact. Um, tap. Uh, t one white, tap it, tap target permanent. So um, I think this is great. It's a weird card, obviously, because it's, you know, a little overcosted. But the fact that it can uh, pump a carry up and take care of a troublesome attacker before they attack mm -hmm. um, does really good work. I also like the fact that it's like tap target permanent. So if someone has that new Ori that got spoiled, you could also tap that down before they can get into their main phase after they untap it. Uh, a lot of utility there. Again, I think that this card is probably outclassed by other cards that exist, but the fact that it's it's a way to interact with the board and it's something that feeds into your commander and what's trying to do, to me, actually brings like quite a bit of value um, and obviously kind of like a, a fringe pick for this deck. Yeah, if it didn't feed into a carry, and, I'd say cut it. I know you're obsessed with these tap target permanent nonsense BS <laughs> pieces of trash, but uh, I mean, I guess, I guess with a carry, you only need to be able to get through one creature so it's like right. if you know you have evasion of some kind but there's like one flyer it's like ha i tap it you die so sure i guess again what with what we're fine. working with what we're working with <laughs> i'm trying to find ones that i think are cool so you're looking for roses in a dandelion yeah. patch here my man um and uh it's got a bunch of uh, flavor text i can't read because again i'm not wearing my glasses i am done <laughs> Uh, I like this card. Yeah, right. Mr. Combo says I actually use this more to tap down people that could potentially block a carry than I have for the people who come at me because sure. nobody swings at me for whatever reason. Um, at least in my short experience with this deck, so probably because you're playing a carry and Ludwig, so that that adds that, up. That, Math checks that's out. <laughs> yeah, yep. that is correct. All right. Well, my last one is a card that I love, and it works great in this deck. I'm glad you have one because it is an eleven dollar card. Uh, we're talking about crawl space. Woo! That's eleven dollars. That's crazy. I didn't yeah. know it was that expensive. I thought it was like five. Yeah. 
So, three colorless artifacts, so automatically feeds into a carry, right. but no more than two creatures can attack you each combat. Um, that's phenomenal because you aren't going to have a lot of creatures on your side of the board. <laughs> so Akiri has vigilance, so you'll be able to swing freely potentially with her. Mm -hmm. And then even if you only have Akiri, then it's like, cool, I'm only taking one creature's worth of damage right. and I can figure out who I'd like to block because Akiri has first strike. Right. Um, so I think it gives you a lot of utility. It's a lot of protection. Um, I do think uh, a card that I mentioned precast that I do have for tradesies uh, would be better than this because then it's a universal effect mm -hmm. that really kind of hurts people. But I think for just having an $11 card laying around, this does everything a carry wants. You kind of want to be pillow 40 and be able to smack face. And this does both. Yeah, there's a couple sneaky bangers in here that are oddly expensive. Um, but, you know, that's, that's the perks of looking through your binder and seeing what's available. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this card... I've used it a couple times in this deck and it has done some serious work. Uh, not only does it halt everybody else's plans across the board for the most part, a lot of people are really messed up by this only being able to attack with two creatures. So as soon as you play it, you get that groan that we all gave Mr. Combo when he played that winter orb. Um, <laughs> it's just like, Ugh, and that makes me feel good. Uh, yeah, this card's perfect. It feeds right into the deck. Uh, I do think it's ironic that this tech, you are a token man, but this deck completely stops token strategy. So you're blurring the lines there, Squeak. Well, you know, as you can tell, I really gave this deck my full effort to go out against tokens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Squee, what's your last hop card? All right. So this might be my favorite blue card across the board. We're talking Fog Bank. This yeah. card is so good. I had struggled almost putting this into Spice just because I like it that much, um, but it is a really good card. Um, so Fog Bank is a one colorless, one blue creature wall defender flying. Uh, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to and dealt by Fog Bank. It's a zero two. This is just yeah. the perfect two drop come at me bro card. If you got a big beater, don't care. Unless you got trample, this is going to stop anything that's coming your way. It has flying, so it can take care of anything in the air. And at 36 cents, I think this is a really good option to put into a lot of decks that run blue. I, there's been so many times with it where we've been playing people and you're like, okay, I'm going to swing in at you, like coming into the air for free. And they're like, okay, I'll block. And you're like, wait, okay, does it die? No. Why? Fog bank. Fog bank. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> uh, this is. I think this is like a pet card of friend of the show, Mr. Magoo's. I think he has it. In like most of the decks he runs. But yeah, As like he should. Again, like it's early. It's early stoppage. Stops Voltron in its track for the most part. Um, does a lot of work. And again, you're playing this like weird. I know you, you used to have more stacks card in this, like Mr. Combo alluded to. I think this is like one of the holdover ones that you have mm -hmm. that really does its weight in gold. Unfortunately, you can't like suit it up and swing it in, but the fact that it buys you those turns, um, it'll buy you the life that you need, uh, you know, not taking damage, not getting uh, damage triggers, that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm on, I am on board with the bank. And we just talked about crawl space to where if you literally had a Kiri and fog bank, you're basically unkillable yeah. Yeah, via set. combat damage. Just set. Big Tuck, what's the last hops card? I don't think we've talked about this other gal uh, before. We might have talked about her once, but again, this is a card that does lots of work in this deck. So I want to talk about uh, Thalia or Talia Heretic Cathar. So Ooh, yeah, I love this. So card. good. Two colors so of white. Um, legendary creature, human soldier, a three-two. It's rare. Um, it's got first strike and creatures and non-basic lands your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. 
So, um, this, backbreaking. It, 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 mm-hmm. It's absolutely backbreaking, right? Like, we're playing commander. People are playing non basics left, right, and center. So, the fact that yep. it's going to put them behind, even if it is like a plateau or, you know, a temple garden or whatever the case may be, um, that's going to slow them down. But the thing that I think, I think, thing that I like about this card is she's. She also can be like a suit up, get in the red zone Voltron, right? Like, mm-hmm. not great, yeah. but like 3 2 first strike isn't anything to blow your nose at. And like, on the face of it, she's actually arguably better than your commander, which is her base stats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't have vigilance, but I think we have cards in her to solve here. So the fact that you're doing, she's doing double duty is something where it can slow down. She's a very good blocker. Again, chumps zombies, um, chumps uh, beasts. Like, she's a token destroyer every single time you play her. And if you need to do something where you just dump everything in your hand onto something, she's not that bad for the cost, right? If it was just like, just creatures under the battlefield tapped, um, that would be one thing. But the fact it's creatures and lands, slowing down your opponents, giving yourself a way to, to buy a little bit more time and potentially suiting up and getting to the red zone, does everything this deck wants. Yeah, I agree with you here. I run this in not just this deck, I've ran this in Reese. I think it's, it's in and out of Reese all the time. Sure depending on how staxy I'm feeling that day. Um, But yeah, this card does a lot of work. It's kind of like a blind obedience almost, but in creature form. Um, And, you know, I may even think about running something like that too in here, but uh, I like this card a lot. And at $2.90, it's it's really accessible. Absolutely. That's the thing that I wanted to comment on is this card, I think, is just, it it passes every test. It's three CMC for a three two with a relevant evergreen ability And on top of that, it has a relevant stacks ability right. um, and being at, un- at under three dollars, which that's just TCG player average. You could probably pick them up for two to two fifty. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Um, I'm surprised it stayed at that price because Eldritch Moon got printed a long time yeah. ago. It has not been reprinted since. This seems like the kind of commander card that would kind of be under the radar and then just slowly right. creep up and eventually be five, six, ten dollars. I feel like especially it used since to be it can more. be your commander. I'm not looking at a trend chart. Now, I mean, maybe I when like it was it played did. in standard, yeah. possibly. But um, no, I, I I love this card. I have the same kind of a obsession squee like you do. It's like I really want to put it into a lot of decks because there's just really no deck that it feels bad in. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. it's you know if it's like man, I got 99 cards and I need one more. Well, Thalia is going to be one. Ooh, Jay Z reference. Oh, <laughs> riggedy, riggedy oh nice. Well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, uh, I agree with all that. Just, just an awesome card. Um, I think we've only we might have talked about her maybe once before, but just always good, especially now that we're talking that she's only three dollars. Great time to pick her up. Yeah. Well, and so uh, Squee, I, I'm pulling it up. So she debuted when Eldritch Moon. She was like eight, nine bucks. And okay. then honestly, she's just hover. She's hovered around the two to three dollar price range just consistently. I mean, she's uh, crept I probably, up. I also uh, remember because I used to you loaned me. You had a I think a pre-release version of this or a, a promo. promo of yeah. this, and I, I probably had just looked up that value, honestly. <laughs> but even probably. the, even the, yeah, even the me, pro- I'm actually kind of curious. Oh, no, the buy box promo is only worth three dollars and thirty cents. Well, I'm an asshole. Uh, Here we oh, are. Well, <laughs> well uh, that's going to wrap up the uh, hot profile. Now we're going to head over to how the deck actually wins games. And Big Tuck, why don't you start us off? Right. What's your first game winner? So I practice this a lot in the shower, and I'm really hoping I don't screw it up. I've never seen this card before in my entire life. It's an instant. And I believe it's pronounced Schism Motivate. <laughs> 
Yay! This is one of yours too. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's a weird one. I believe it's from Dissension. It's an uncommon, and it's a colorless blue-red instant target creature gets plus four, plus zero until end of turn. Another target creature gets minus four, minus zero until end of turn. Um, I mostly put it in here because, again, I never, literally, never heard of this card before. Um, <laughs> but I think I do like the fact that it can both. It can be a yeast and sort of a hops, right? So if you're like yep. teetering on the point of like commander damage, right? And someone's about to strike in, they're like, okay, that's the perfect amount of commander damage to squee. Uh, I'm gonna focus all my other resources somewhere else. You can schism motivate, bump it down a little bit, right? Conversely, mm -hmm. if someone's like, okay, I can take this much damage. I can pump my commander up a little bit more. Um, I like that utility. I wish it was minus four. I wish it could kill something. Um, also, the artwork is totally metal, man. Wow, wow, wow. But most, but moreover, like it's uh, like, and I think that's that's something that I do like about this deck and the way that you build Squee is that you do like you instead of throwing in the kitchen sink, you go into the kitchen sink and see what's in there that you can put in the deck. Which yeah. I like that. I think there's I think there's a lot of coolness around that, right? Like cards you have lying around, they they work. This does do old things. Um, I think that if you wanted to keep this deck budget and low cost and all that stuff, we can find some better options uh, like this card. But the fact that you've kept this card in, I think it probably does some work for you um, and can work both offensively and defensively, earns it a, a chance to talk about. I've even used this card on someone else's turn. To correct your bit, Tuck, it's not that he just goes in the kitchen sink to see what's in there. He goes in the kitchen sink to then put his hand in the garbage disposal <laughs> and grabs whatever he can find. Yep. And then puts it in his uh, his casserole dish. There you are. Well, see, it's, Continue, yeah, it's a backwards a backwards thinking. You got to go to the kitchen sink, see what kind of dishes you got, and then realize, okay, I can cook with what dishes are in the sink, but you can't start cooking until you know what dishes you got. I, I got to go see what dishes I have, and then I get to the sink and realize I, I don't even have dishes. And then I order to go pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you and then you order pizza. Then you order Pizza Hut, which is also effectively this card. So, um, but no, like I just think it's I think it's a really cool card. I think it's interesting. Um, and I've never seen it before in my life, so I just thought this would be. Um, I have used this to help somebody kill somebody else as well. Ooh, yes. Make a little political yeah, see, deal. This one's weird for me because I almost look at this as not a game winner. I look at this as like a hops uh -huh, because yeah. I see this more getting used. If someone's going to swing in and try to hurt you and maybe they do have trample or something, mm -hmm. give a Kiri plus four. So now she's a whatever first strike, mm -hmm. but then lower their guy down four, and then maybe she gets in enough to kind of kill it or oh, she can sure. at least yeah, hit yeah, it yeah. once and then take some of the damage back. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, I it, it's weird. This. That fits your deck, though. I, I struggled <laughs> on this one where to put it. And the reason that I put a lot of these cards into the year section that give plus something is I have generally run into situations where I've done the most damage or killed other players by using these as an instant to double up damage or add in damage when a Kiri has double strike or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you can take this and then slap it on a Kiri at instant. People are going to go, oh, well, that's not enough to kill me, so I'll let it come through and then... <laughs> no, sir. And before we move on to the next card, I have to read this flavor text because it's ridiculous. I ran the experiment through the brain of a schizophrenic lab goblin. My burner's flames fell asleep while the beakers jumped about and shattered. Success. Mizenar, <laughs> is it Psychomancer? 
Uh, Jesus. I'm really, I'm really happy you did that, uh, Mr. Combo, because I wanted to, but I literally could not read it because, again, as we mentioned, I'm not currently wearing my glasses. It's one of the few cards that has flavor text that's longer than the actual text. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right, well, Squee, why don't you grace us with your first yeast card? All right, so first yeast card that I wanted to talk about is an enchantment. It's Blood Mist. Uh, three colors. Yeah, we are. Oh, there is, that, is that a triple? No, I don't have this one. Yeah, it's really I good. Think it's a triple. Okay. Oh no! Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, boys. Sorry, sorry boys. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll read off his stuff, and then you read the ability, Mister Combo. So, uh, Blood Mist is All three right. colorless and a red for an enchantment, and it's an uncommon. At the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature you control gains double strike until end of turn. Some claim that rage is a cloud that obscures thought and vision, but I can assure you. I've never seen with greater clarity. Mm. Um, this card did some work at my Yidris Maelstrom Wielder oh, deck because yeah. it gives you double cascade. Oh, yeah. Um, so good. And I could see this for this deck truly being a potential game winner because probably you've done a little bit of damage mm -hmm. and then it's like plop this down. And even if you needed to do 14 more command damage. Yep. She's probably a 7-7. Seven, seven. Yep. They're probably doing it and killing them. And what I really love about it is it's not an equipment or a just an enchantment aura. So this is static on the board where even if Akiri's not out, maybe you got some of your other creatures out there. Uh, yep. this, this still works for them. Um, so you can use this if you need to in a pinch and give some things double strike. Maybe you're a couple damage away or whatever. Uh, so this is very useful across the board. And I've never had anybody try and just destroy this card. They probably should, but... Because they're idiots. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's just usually enchantments, like we've talked about, it's enchantment removal is so few and far between. Right. And so why am I going to waste it on a blood mist when Omniscience could be coming sometime right. soon? Right. Or Mirari's Wake. And I think there's a lot of times, I think that like this is a great card in that respect as well. Um, makes your Haunted Plate Mail very big. Um, right. But to the point of like... It's, it's a little bit of, you can do like some politics or like opponent modality too, where you're like, hey, someone's like, I think I'm going to kill that. And you're like, wait, what if I don't attack you with it this turn or whatever, right? So mm -hmm. because like it stays on the board, you're going to get the value out of it. And then when someone finally realizes that you're going to like turn the corner and smash them in the face, then that's when they can remove it. Or you could just do what Big Tuck says, and when someone tries to, uh, you know, if you try to make the deal to Squee, and Squee says it back, say, F you, I don't give in to Terrace, because that's what you're doing. You're giving in to Terrace. <laughs> well, I, I, have, I have been, they call me the Jack Bauer of the commander table, because I, wow. I don't mess with Terrace. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, that was one of my yeasts. So my last one is actually a card that. I like, I'm not in love with it, but it works for your deck, and it could be, once again, one of the ones where even if someone has a Pillow Forge, playing a two-mana enchantment will win you the game. So we're talking about Aether Tunnel. Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. yep. colorless blue enchantment aura, enchant creature, and enchanted creature gets plus one, plus zero, oh, and can't be blocked. Really, it's just more the can't be blocked portion that I think is really, really critical for two mana, and it does give it the plus one. Now, if this was a artifact that could just attach to the creature, that's even better because that makes it a little bit bigger. Right. But, um, you know, I, I do see this as once again, I feel like eventually when it gets to the point with Akiri that you need to be able to just start swinging and dealing damage, people are going to have blockers. Mm hmm. 
And yes, it could be, hey, I'm going to swing this and you're going to have to put something to sacrifice to the gods because she has first strike and she's going to kill whatever you have. But they could have three or four other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is two mana. Sorry, I'm going to kill you now. Mm -hmm. And that's a great point because the way that I use this is just like a yeast card where I will... Even if I draw this early game, I hang on to it till the end of the game or whenever it makes the most sense to plop down. Because then you people will say, oh, he doesn't have much. So then they'll swing out and be like, I got a chump blocker. I can do that or block him however yep. I want. And then you drop this on him. And there's a couple different versions of unblockable in this deck. And every right. single time I've played one, it's that audible just like, oh, oh, no, that's bad. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I this was... It was another card that was tough for me on where to put it, but uh, I think the way that I use it in here, you're exactly right. It's it's just like a yeast card that you save till the end of the game to swap through. I will be talking about this later. Mm. Oh come on! I, will. I got a cute. I got some. I got something that's too. I got something that's too cute. Too cute to talk to to let that slide. Too sweet. Too sweet. Too sweet. Too, too sweet. Yes. Yes. Wow. Love it. From the depths, right. from the depths well, of the pit vault. Uh, why don't you turn the corner and uh, give us your last yeast card? So I like this is a card um, that I think is, I think it's really interesting, but I think it might be overlooked. So I want to talk about signal or sigil of distinction, rather. Oh, that's one of mine. Nice. Is it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Cruising right along. So um, I am going to read what it is, and you can read what it does. So um, Sigil of Distinction is an artifact equipment. It's a rare that costs a buck, and it has a converted mana cost of X. Oh, I love the converted mana cost of X. So uh, Sigil of Distinction comes into play with X charge counters on it. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each charge counter on Sigil of Distinction, and its equipped cost is remove a charge counter from Sigil of Distinction. So more or less... To me, this card is just a 1x costed instant equipment. But yeah. by the time that you're going to use this card at the end of the game, yeah, you're going to you're going to be dumping it on there for probably 6, 7, 8, ideally. It's going to make Akiri huge. Right. I completely agree. And like, again, it's a mana sink. And the fact that it's an artifact itself pays for the removal to equip it to Akiri, right? Exactly. So I agree with you where you have like your excess mana, right? You don't have that much going on. You can dump this down for something huge and then equip it with really not losing anything. Um, if you play it big enough, if, even if it comes in with like, let's say six, um, you're paying six mana and then you lose one to five. You equip it to Akiri, she gets killed. Then you, you lose another one. You're still playing six for a four you're playing six for four four easy equip right which yep. is better than maybe some of the other cards in the deck even at that rate <laughs> so, so um like that's why i like it right like it's kind of sneaky it's not something that you want to play early like this is something where i'm right. like this is something where you're like okay i got the i got like the pieces are all coming together um and we can get a curie coming in for some real damage again the fact that it's an artifact goes for it too so even if you have to in a pinch you can pay zero and then pump a curie up one just by having it on the battlefield which mm-hmm. is like again probably not best case scenario and maybe it's <laughs> worse but who's to say right yep so the only thing that really worries me about it is, and we'll be talking about this in next week's MTG Action 4 News, trying to, do you, should you build decks around your meta or not, is our meta has had more counter and, per, you know, those types of removal 
Mm -hmm. to, to kind of remove those things sure. off of permanence. And if all the counters go away, it's literally just buffing Akiri by one, mm -hmm. but then you can never actually equip it to her because you can't remove the counters. <laughs> yeah. so it's just kind of like a dead artifact. So that's I mean, the only thing yeah. I don't like about it is that it's counter dependent. Um, I wish it could be anything else, even if it was, hey, you have to pay X charge counters, and then the charge counters is how you equip it, but then it just does a natural plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. Yeah, yeah, Something right. like that, I think, would be a little bit better. Um, obviously, a sort of Feast and Famine would be way better, oh, but that also be half the deck. <laughs> Double um, but that, that's the only thing I don't like about it is just, you know, because I play a lot of Planeswalkers, so I'm very in tune to what's going on in our meta, and it does seem like there's more things to remove counters from stuff. And even though even though people will ignore you overall in this deck, if they see you play a Sigil of Distinction for eight, no one's yeah, going right. to ignore yeah, that. They're, they're, they're going to get rid of the counters. Fair point. Well, that's going to wrap up the East Package. Now we're going to head over to Spices. Um, squee. What do you what do you got? Not a lot around here, so uh, the spice package was pretty thin. Uh, we'll say your normal salt and pepper, but not much else. Um, so I decided to go with my favorite, one of my favorite cards in this deck, actually, Savor the Moment. Yeah! Uh, uh, so yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. Uh, right, so Savor the Moment is one colorless, two blue. It's a sorcery. It's a rare. Big Tuck, take it away. Uh, yes, uh, it is maybe the cheapest ability that does this at sorcery speed. Take an extra turn after this one. Skip the untap of that turn. Uh, the marrow so took before we go into the... Go ahead. Read your flavor text. I know you want to. I actually to. can now because it's big enough, so I want to <laughs> take advantage of that. The marrow took a moment for herself. She never gave it back. Hmm. So the question I have before you guys kind of talk about this card and why you picked it is why the hell is this a spice and not a yeast? This seems like a slam dunk to like, I'm going to win the game. Because I like Attacks, it so much. I pay for. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. Uh, it's a spice I card. Don't I don't understand. Mr. Combo, this, this is a deck that's, that's all over the map. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not, no, you need that wrist support. I know, I know how your wrists are. He's just are. throwing things in his room. He's, he's very confused and distraught looking. I'm so uh, angry. No, this is clearly in spice just because I like it that much. Sure. Uh, it felt like a spice card to me. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, it... it Honestly, probably doesn't need to be in this deck, but I like having it in here. It probably could go. No, it does else, belong but... in the deck. It's a game-winning card. <laughs> Your commander has vigilance, so you swing, and it's like, well, hell, I'm only at 14 command. I better just make sure I have blockers next time around. And you pay three mana, and you kill them. No, I get. No, I get that. No, I'm on board. It should be a yeast. I'm not arguing. Uh, it should I, be. A yeast. I just want to talk about this because this card. And I, this literally, this specific piece of cardboard, and I have a very sordid past. <laughs> literally, this card. So a while ago, I don't remember this. You gave me like a cat box that was just full of that was full of magic cards, right? Way uh, back in the day. One of these was Savor the Moment, and I was like, yes, extra turn spell, you fool. Um, and then I ran it in a bunch of decks, and I never worked for me. And then uh, I gave it back to you because I think you were trying to rebuild um, Derevi. And then 
Yep. So then, unbeknownst to you, before the podcast even started, this card spiked up to like $20. I remember coming over to your basement and being like, oh, save of the moment. I remember, like, I gave you this card. Do you mind if I take it back? And you're like, no, I think I might actually use it later <laughs> later in a deck. I was like, damn it. I was like, all right, well, that's that one. Busted. Literally looked to gift horse in the mouth. So um, I'm glad that you're finding use for it. I agree. This is probably not a spice in this deck. Um, but uh, I just like it so much. That's why I want. That's why I want to talk. That's why I want to talk. Just because you it. like it doesn't make it a spice. I literally like that would mean all through the brood it would always be in a spice package. But it's a yeast card in a lot of my oh, decks. Lord. It should be in the spice yeah, package agreed. every time, sir. Uh, but yeah, that's that's why I want to talk about it because literally this piece of cardboard, this not not this card, this piece of cardboard, I have that history with. So I'm, yes, glad, I'm glad. I'm glad it's seen. I'm glad it's seen you. I've only gotten to use this card once, and it did work extraordinarily well. Good. Good. Well, I will be talking about a legit spice card because I stay true to the content we put out. We're talking about Stone Coil Serpent. Yay! Spice is spice <laughs> effing gets. Yeah, um, so it's it's CMC is X. So basically, guys, you know, you pay X, and it's going to ETB with X plus one plus one counters on it, and then that's its power and toughness. Um, it is an artifact creature, Snake. Um, and it does have reach, trample, and protection from multicolored. That's awesome. The reason I wanted to highlight it is it, it fits the spice package perfectly to where, yes, in theory, it buffs a Kiri by one, and if a Kiri gets taken out too many times, it can be your new Voltron commander, right. similar to how Thalia Heretic Cathar can be your new Voltron commander. Mm -hmm. But are there better cards that actually fit the theme of your deck and what you want to do? 100% absolutely. <laughs> uh, this card should find a home somewhere else uh, because it's not even like you're in the colors that produce a lot of mana to make them a 2020 or something. Also, also $5? And it is a backup. Yep. I think it's that protection from multicolored. I've played this a couple of times. Yeah, it gets and played it in standard really sometimes. Stomps on the board, man. It's an epic blocker in most commander games. And wow. people can't block it a lot of the times. If they only have a couple of multicolored creatures out, then they're just SOL when you're swinging through with it. I mean, I'm going to be honest, though, because I've looked at, like, multicolored.deck or mono.deck, and other than people's commanders, a lot of people don't run a lot of multicolored stuff unless mm -hmm. they're just trying to do that. Like, even my god deck, it's just the, the um, guild gods that are dual color. Everything else is single color. Um, so it's just, you know, the, the multicolored, I think in our format's not as important as the reach and trample and the fact that you can make this thing massive and suit it up. I do. So I agree with you in that a lot of the multicolored spells are, that are played are often, are often like enchantments or like utility. However, there are a ton of Voltron and big daddy swinging multicolored commanders. So that's where this could come into play. So I agree with you. It's it's probably not it's not as good as it sounds, but mm -hmm. I still think that it does serve a purpose for like that reason. Um, I also do agree with you that the fact that this is your better backup commander, right? You have a bunch of money, you have a bunch of mana to dump. You have some spare artifacts to suit on it, and you can start getting mm -hmm. in for reals. Yeah, and I've used it as that well, before. I've almost won a game with this one. This was one of the ones where I was very very close, and I was a couple damage short. But it was the the main player for sure. probably the last four turns of the game. 
Well, and you know, uh, I would agree with you, uh, Big Tuck, about other multicolored Big Daddy Voltron decks, except you forgot. Our playgroup's a bunch of pansies, and we don't swing. <laughs> so that wraps up the spice package. <laughs> now we're going to head over the bottle capping. These are going to be Big Tucks, Squeamy Geese, and Eyes, cuts from the deck, and ads that are going to be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a personal recommendation. Uh, the only restrictions we can't talk about mana-only lands. Sorry, Triome. Maybe you'll have your day in the sun one day. Someday. Um, well, Squee, this is your deck. I want you to start us off. What are you going to cut, and what are you going to add? All right, so I am cutting a card that is fine in here, but no better than fine. Um, maybe a little worse than fine. It's Smoke Shroud. Uh, one colorless. I'm cutting blue. that Cut as well! <laughs> Adios! <laughs> All right, a threefer. So, Smoke Shroud... <laughs> Smoke Shroud. Uh, Smoke Shroud is one colorless and blue, enchantment aura, enchant creature, enchanted creature, gets plus one, plus one, and has flying, and then it has a ninja ability that I don't need to read off, because that's not relevant at all. Yeah, because you don't run any you don't have ninjas. So, uh, this card's fine. Giving Akiri's flying in 1-1 one, one is great. Whoop-dee-doo. But it doesn't feed into her ability. It doesn't stay on the board if Akiri gets killed. It's got to go, in my opinion. So I'm cutting this for a artifact equipment called Piston Sledge. It is a three, or, or sorry, three mana artifact equipment. It's an uncommon. When Piston Sledge enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. Equip creature gets plus three, oh, plus one. Equip, sacrifice an artifact. So to me, this is a three drop, plus four, plus one equipment that you can then put back onto Akiri later in the game if you can bring her back. But... This is infinitely better than the Smoke Shroud in my mind. Oh, I have yeah. plenty of other things in yeah. here that are giving unblockable, giving flying. Uh, so I really like this. Wow, and that, it's a very cheap card to bring out. Right. Uh, I really liked that it just attaches immediately onto that. You don't have to pay any mana, too. That was a cool ability. That, that is cool. Yeah, I've never heard of that card before, but I like it a lot. It's kind of like an inverse Heroes yeah. Blade. Yeah, I'm a little worried, though, to be honest, about the whole sack and artifact to get it re-equipped. It mm -hmm. seems like it might be one of those... I would almost look at this like a cantrip. I'm going to pay three mana, I'm going to get the thing, and it's going to stay the thing as long as Akiri doesn't die. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then once she dies, I don't get the thing anymore. Well, I mean, still um, there's rate, lots of things out there. Still at that rate, you can leave it on the board and get a plus one, plus oh buff when you bring it back if you don't have an artifact to sack or if you don't want to. Yeah, that's fair. Well, um, I'm also cutting Smoke Shroud, so we'll just leave that up on the YouTube page. Yeah. And I'm actually cutting it because I, th I think you need more card draw. Okay. Um, the few times that I've seen you play this deck, you don't really play Ludovic really ever. <laughs> um, Perhaps because it's a Chinese. I just, I just did a count. 66% um, of the non-lands in this deck are non-creature spells. Mm -hmm. So... You should add Whirlwind of Thought. It's a new card that came out in Ikoria. It's colorless, oh. Jeskai, blue, red, and white. It's an enchantment, and it's sitting at 53 cents right now, so it's very affordable. Whenever you cast it on creature spell, draw a card. Oh, that's great. So whether we want to believe your CMC thing being at two <laughs> or not, um, I feel like this deck a lot of times, once you get to turns four through seven, you're, you either have no hand mm -hmm. or all of your mana is just being spent to equip a carry. And so you're not really getting a whole lot of new cards to hand to kind yeah. of go through the deck. Um, and so I think this card will just naturally probably draw you for that four mana, <clears throat> probably at least four cards. Yeah. And I think four for four, that's fine. But if you can pay four mana to maybe draw 10 over the course of the game, that's right. even better. And I personally think this also will keep your deck under the radar. This isn't something that's good enough that people are going to say, ooh, 
kill on sight, let's focus over right. to Squee McGee. This is a, oh, well, sure, okay. And then yeah. they're going to move on to it's other fine. people. Yeah, now, I, I agree with you. This is, um, especially like, what, 55 cents? Um, this is a really good ad in here. And I've got no bad things to say about it because card draw is a big issue. You're exactly right. I do run out of things late into the game. Um, so having that, and this will even feed into itself because as you're drawing cards, you're playing non-creature spells, you're drawing more cards. It's kind of its own yep. loop. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a great pick. The only thing I have to say about this is when we spoiled Ikeria, I said I hate this card and it stands by it. <laughs> well, I'm, you can I'm an Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <coughs> I, well, Big Tuck, what are you cutting for Smoke Shroud? Uh, now we got to figure out something else to put all these cards in. I am also cutting Smoke three. Shroud because it has no room in this deck, and it's only good in one <laughs> deck, which is the Ninja's deck, which I have. So I'm going to cut it from um, another card from the set that we thought was garbage and has continued to kick ourselves in the pants about. I'm cutting it for All That Glitters. So All That Glitters is a colorless and a white for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact and or enchantment you control Ooh. so we were talking a little oh, we, were, nice. we were talking a little bit about beforehand um if you will about this deck and there are a shockingly high amount of enchantments and auras um if i can run the calculator right now you have 13 enchantments right uh -huh. so yep. this plays into that and makes a curie bigger and it's a two drop um and it comes in at 74 cents i feel like it just hits everything that this deck is looking for Oh, it's great. Granted, it doesn't pump Akiri, but this card, every time I've seen this card out in the wild, it's always like, oh, okay. Wait. How many how many enchantments do you have? Oh, 20. I see. Great. So I'm just going <laughs> to take it to the face. Uh, yeah, so it just feels like it. I like that it includes itself in the enchantment mm -hmm. count, too. That's nice. Right. And, like, again, if you're playing this weird Voltron artifact and enchantment game that you've decided on in this deck um i think it really i think it'll really catapult you through yeah that's that's so solid. i'm not gonna lie i 100 percent thought you were gonna say crashing drawbridge <laughs> i really believed it no i had so um i did a last minute cut right before we started recording and i was gonna bring up a card that i think we have i think we have cut into like a quarter of the decks we've talked about since it came out but I'm not doing that anymore, and I got an even better one to, to do for the next cut. Good. All right. Well, that, that, that's a great ad. Yeah, I remember seeing that card get previewed, and I was like, I feel like that's really yeah. good in certain commander decks. Mm -hmm. So uh, good good pull. Yeah, and that's budget, and that's right up Squeeze Alley. Bonkers. Love every minute of it. Well, uh, for under fifty, Squee, we're we're getting a little bit higher on your budget here. Oh, yeah. Uh, what are you What are you gonna cut? What are you gonna add? I didn't go too crazy. I think it's in the ballpark, eight to ten bucks. Um, so I'm cutting Zephyr Charge, which is an enchantment. It is uh, one colorless and a blue, and for one colorless and a blue, target creature gains flying until end of turn. It's fine. Really, it's like, I great. like I like this in that deck. It's okay, I actually like that too. Yeah, okay. It, I I just I just haven't seen it do enough for me because there's so many other things on the board that give a Kiri flying that I never end up using this. Um, well, I'm gonna be frank. I kind of saw that as maybe a little bit of a political piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If your opponents are like, you know, it's like I'm going out of control, but I got stuff on the ground and no one can get in the air. And it's like, hey, you, you do a little something for me. I'll uh, pay two, give your guy flying and go hit Mr. Combo or go kill a planeswalker. And yeah, I, I kind of saw that as a political bargaining wrong. tool. You're not I also like it because, again, Akira's probably going to get sniped at some point. So the fact that this is something that's effective, I mean, it's effectively... If you look at it in this deck, effectively it's an aura that for two mana you can turn your you can like a, you can attach it to your creature and give her flying each turn, right? So 
I don't know. That's yeah. why I liked it too. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm still gonna cut it. All right. The politics is all fine and dandy, but nobody ever politics with me or attacks me or kills a kitty <laughs> or does anything. So it's just a non-issue right now. Um, so I'm gonna cut it for blood forged battle axe. Oh, uh, nice! Yeah. Equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two plus zero when equipped creature deals combat damage to a player. Create a token that's a copy of blood forged battle axe and it's equipped to eight dollars. Great. What? Yeah, that's what I wanted. That in my under five but it blew the budget so here we are in the under 50. wow hey hey and for the collective out there you guys will love this i own like eight copies of it because i put one in a deck and i bought seven to use as tokens <laughs> wait did you buy that for your kitty cats deck and then just go crazy or what yeah nice now what yeah wait, are you, are those just... i mean every time i played it it I mean, Squeed, that's an amazing pick, because every time I've landed that thing, I always make, like, yep. five or six of them. Oh, yeah, so and it's giving you the plus two, plus zero, and then it's feeding right into Akiri's ability, so it's plus three, plus zero on each one that drops. Yeah, I I had never really heard of this card before, and when I was doing my research, I saw it and got a little bit of a half-chub, and uh, here we are. Uh, also, so even if you can't win the game, you can have a personal victory by seeing how many copies of this you can make. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. Say you put out the uh, Aurelia, the war leader, every time that you do this, then you're getting two a turn. See? Mm -hmm. um, also, speaking of kitty cats, I just like took a look. My kitty cat deck that I think I play once a year, maybe, is like $300. So, time to strip that yep. one out. Dude, mine was hella expensive. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to go to mine, because actually my ad would make Bloodforge Battle Axe even better. Because the right. one negative to it is that you do have to pay to equip those things once you create the copies. Correct. So I'm actually going to cut Fists of Anvil. Yeah. Okay. Getting out of here. Um, and so Fists of Anvil, if I can find it on this, there it is. Uh -huh. It's a colorless red instant target creature gets plus four, plus so until end of turn. Cantrip, honestly, I don't think cantrips have a home in this deck unless it's your Boros Charms of the world. Sure. Because that's kind of like a save. Um, anything else, cantrips are trash, and that's why they all spiked when Feather got previewed. This card is responsible so, for my only win. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a card that would even be better, because you'll be able to do your whole artifact stuff at instant speed. You should do Sigarda's Aid. Oh, gosh, okay. yeah. Okay. So Sigarda's yeah. Aid, one white, it's an enchantment, sitting at around either between $4.50 and $5.30. So it's my Not above bad. 50, or my below 50. Sure. You may cast aura and equipment spells as though they had flash. So you're getting your auras yep. as well. But then whenever an equipment ETBs under your control, you may attach it to target creature Ooh, you control. Yeah, that's really good. So all those Blood Forge Battle Axes automatically attach to Akiri. Um, you, you basically, the whole Fist of Anvil is just a haha gotcha. Well, now you can haha gotcha with all of your equipments. Yeah. So you don't really need the aha gotchas. And you're so. helping out my CMC. I love it. And yeah, on top of that, that one I think, there. like Cigar is a weird card because like I think a lot of people um like I fell into this trap because I've had I have it in a few decks. And like I think a lot of people really like they like to run it out early because it's a one drop, right? I think the real strategy here is you you wait until you have those equipments and auras in your hand, then play this because it's only one, then dump everything else out. As opposed to like playing it first turn and being like, I don't know, because I've seen like if people are smart and they realize you're playing a Voltron deck, they're like, okay, that probably needs to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but see, that that's the thing, though. You just said probably, not it needs to go. So that's what happens. So I always run, I am one of the few that I will run Sigarda's 8 out early, like Big Tuck's talking sure. about. But honestly, it's just like, 
you know, I'll run out early and then I'll even play a couple equipments. So you lose its whole instant speed attached. So then people are like, oh, well, he's clearly like not doing it the best. He's probably just trying to be mana efficient, not mm -hmm. wasting turns because he had nothing else to do. Because sure, if you have Soul Ring or Sigarda's Aid, you're going to do Soul Ring. Right, right. But if you got nothing else, why wouldn't you just do it? And if you play that way, people kind of let you slide under the radar, which is what Squee wants. And then all of a sudden it's like a Kiri and it's like, well, I'm not worried about it. He's dumped out five artifacts already. Then it's like, oh, hey, by the way, tap eight. Here's like four right, different right, things right. on there. Just make it rain. <laughs> or, or like... Or I guess make it hail. Or even like then, where you swing in, you're like, okay, Kiri's a two. To your point, Mister Combo, Kiri's a two three, right? And they're like, okay, I'll take it. And then you're like, ha ha, everything else in the deck. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. I like that a whole cool. lot. Cool. Well, Big Tuck, what are you cutting? So I'm gonna cut Aether Tunnel. Um, I think that there's a card. There's a card in the deck that I think is just better. And I know we're looking for redundancy and all that stuff, right? Like Aquas Form, I think is just a better version of this. Um, oh, I love my redundancy. Yeah, I know you do, but I'm gonna get you one better. Okay, this is another Scooty Shuffles classic. So we want to get you unblockable, and we want to be able to do it with an equipment, though, right? But we want to do it with style. So we are talking about hot soup. Hot soup. <laughs> oh we, need, we need some hot soup. <laughs> All right, uh, hot soup is a one-drop artifact coming in for 24 cents right off of fresh printing of mystery booster. Okay, of course. It's an artifact equipment. Equipped creature can't be blocked, and then whenever equipped creature is dealt damage, destroy it. Three colorless to equip coming through. Now, granted, are there better options in this card? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, but is this card hysterical? And also, is this card named Hot Soup? Yes, sir, it is. Um, this card makes me so nervous in a deck it, that it, only runs one creature. It is, but again, I think the idea being that we want to have a we want to have a clear mix of like equipment versus enchantments, right? Because like we talked about, like the enchantments and auras only help your commander so much. So the mm -hmm. fact that this card is hysterical, costs literally nothing, and is an equipment. And slash an artifact does everything this deck wants in my opinion now granted is this a, is this an insane man's pick yes full stop <laughs> but i have been told that i am a madman and i'm sticking with it so hot soup baby hot soup i, I appreciate the name i oh i just uh we're having, yeah i mean i'm, I'm, I'm a little sweaty right now we're thinking having about we're having, having fun we're just out here having fun like, with some soup like if i'm if i'm attaching well, well. that to to akiri i just like oh makes me like quiver I mean, honest, honestly, where I kind of sit with it is that if you're running cards like Hot Soup, you might as well instead run Grafted Exoskeleton, because at least with her first strike, she can get poison counters on the creature. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if because I'm just really worried about just dealt damage. We talked about Pyro. Goddamn. We, we talked about Pyrohemia and... It, yeah, we talked about Pyrohemia and MTG Action 4 news earlier this week. Oh, yeah, I could pay one red and just kill it? Sure, so the only, I'll do So that. I will say this. We did say that Akiri dies to Lightning Bolt, right? Like, it's not like you're equipping mm -hmm. this onto a 7-7 seven, seven or a 10-10, ten, ten, right? You're equipping this on something-something 3. So if someone's going to kill her with damage, they probably have means to do it anyways. And, again, to reiterate the point, it's hot soup. It's hot. So uh, right, to, right, to do, to do one more bit, no uh, I will <laughs> say yes, soup for you. <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to it. Well done, Mr. Combo. Well, well, Squee McGee, bring us home. Personal recommendation time. You got no budget. Um, if all of a sudden you win the COVID lottery, which I don't know what that is. Maybe that's just keeping your life. Yeah. Uh, what would you cut and what would you add? So I don't know if this has ever been done on the cast. <gasps> so I'm going to recommend cutting 
Zolrevik. The commander. Ludovic's got to go. Uh, so what I would come for is shockingly expensive. Thrasios Triton Hero coming in at like $50 now. Um, yeah. So this is a green and a blue. So you still get your blue pip, which is really what I cared about on Ludovic. Uh, you still get your draw card effects, which is also what I care about. Um, so a green and a blue. So legendary. you want to splash green into it? Yeah, that's what I was going to uh, say. I would love to. I would love to. Absolutely. Why not? Even if I don't use it. I mean, I guess it's available. I guess Tuck, to his defense, he could cut out all the trash that he dug out of the garbage disposal and slot in cultivates and right, forest exactly. and, and stuff like that. And the rampant growth yeah. of the world. Yeah. Yep. So uh, for those playing the home game, it's a one three Merfolk Wizard. It's a rare uh, for four. Scry one, then reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped. Otherwise, draw a card. And then it has partner, obviously. So. I don't, now, like, I don't really like solves. it. I don't like it. <laughs> He's got his arms crossed. I don't like He's it. making a frumpy face. Um, so to me, this gets you all the blue pips that you need. Like you said, Ludovic generally does jack shit of nothing in this deck. Uh, it sits there. I might draw a few cards, but it typically is going to get my opponents to draw more cards than I am, which kind of sucks. Um, so yep. this is going to allow me to go in and draw cards. Uh, also gives me a scry effect so I can see what I want to do. If I need to land, I can grab that. If I otherwise don't, then yeah, you draw it straight to your hand. Uh, uh, this is going to help me get more artifacts, more equipments, more uh, enchantment auras, whatever you need at the time. Uh, and it's it's a two drop, so it's going to help lower the CMC. And it's just a better commander combo with this, if you ask me. No, it's great. I mean, I will say this. Um, if you're going to splash green in there, you're going to have to take a real hard look in the mirror <laughs> on some of your double pips <laughs> and triple pip cards that you may have in here. Yeah. Um, because I've been playing a lot of four and five color decks like your Gisela Blade of Gold Knight and your Arolia the War Leader may not fly mm -hmm. in a four color deck. Uh, unless you just got all the effing ramp in the world and you'll probably have to scale it to get more green um, than the other colors and just so that way you can act, get Thrasios out and start to do it. Oh, I think I'm it'll prepared. actually probably complicate. I think it'll probably complicate the deck more than it'll help. I think you should do this. If you want to get rid of Ludovic because he's not doing anything for you um, and you're wanting to splash new colors, why don't you do something like Timna the Weaver? That would be one that's worth looking into. Heck, Squee, if you just wanted to keep it on a budget, you could do Ravo Soul Tender. That would be great uh, because then once one. your commander, yeah. yeah, once your commander gets too expensive, then you just pitch it to the yard. Or, um, you know, I mean, I think any of those types of guys, or even Bruce Tarl, just make it a freaking straight. I know Bruce Tarl. I will say Ravo Soul yeah. Tender is no longer budget. It's thirty two dollars. <laughs> What? Yeah, boy. Woo. Believe it. Wow. Wow. Partners, baby. That's, it's a nightmare. Actually, Bruce Tarl is 13? What? Timna the Weaver's 54? Oh, my gosh. Well, Timna gets played in CEDH, um, so that makes sense. Dude, I think I literally just have Ravo Soul Tenders sitting in my basement. <laughs> I bought them for decks and pulled them out. I might also have that in my binder i don't know anyways uh i thought it might be interesting clearly you all don't so you can suck it uh that's it i don't like it all right well 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 mine i'm gonna cut glory of warfare same one that we talked about earlier just uh, it doesn't fit in a deck that literally produces one legit creature but i'm gonna cut it for a big tuck special oh we got an alternate win con coming. 
Yeah. So, what is the one thing that Squee has 25 of in this deck? They're artifacts. Well, there's a particular dragon that likes to collect oh. these artifacts. We're talking about Hellkite Tyrant. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Colorless oh. red red creature dragon. It's a 6-5. It's sitting around between 7 and 10 bucks. It has flying and trample. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, gain control of all artifacts that player controls. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 20 or more artifacts, you win the game. Ooh, so yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say on your own, including your mana rock lands, you'll probably have, let's just say, 10, 10 to 12 artifacts mm -hmm. at one point in the game. And with Hellkite Tyrant having flying and trample and Akiri being command damage, you can start trying to figure out where you want to swing. Maybe you swing Hellkite Tyrant and Akiri at one opponent that has four artifacts. Mm -hmm. And it's like, gosh, do I take command damage and get that much closer to death? Or do I let him steal my artifacts? Like, they, they're going to have to start doing the modality in your opponent's side to where they have to pick how they want to deal with that. Or you just spread the love around. But Hellkite Tyrant will give you, similar to what we talked about with the um, uh, Stone Coil Serpent, almost an alternate win right. con to where if Akiri gets blown out a whole bunch of times and it's turn 15, you could always just play him and suit him up right. and start hitting people, but then stealing artifacts. But then, hey, you could get that one random win uh, with the 20 artifacts. It's, I've so seen it happen. I think that's a slam dunk. And what I, I, that's, it's fun, too. It's very interactive, and which I like. I will have a copy of it once I cut it from my Brea deck after I make it companion legal. So it <laughs> could be coming well, to a trade uh, block near you. Yeah, let's uh, let's chat about that. You know the binder. Uh, take a peek. Sure. See what you need. Would love to. I'll take I'll take that rabos for it. Hey yeah, that's a, that's a decent pick. I like the interaction with it. Uh, it also is guaranteed to piss somebody off. So that's always fun. Guaranteed. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, what are they going to do? Waste removal spell on that, or are they going to save it for a Kiri who's Voltron command damage? Right. I mean, it's. I mean, to me, it's almost kind of an easy pick. Like, the only way Hellkite Tyrant's dying is off of a board wipe. Yeah. No one's going to waste a path to exile on that unless you're literally about to win the game. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That is very fair. Well, All right. That's a good choice. Well, Tuck, why don't, you, why don't you help close out the cast? What are you cutting and what are you adding for no budget? We are cutting Slayer's Plate. Card sucks. Uh, three, col <laughs> three colorless artifact equipment. Uh, it's a rare for 30 cents. If equipped creature gets plus four, plus two. No evasion. When equipped creature dies, if it was a human, put a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token with flying on the battlefield. Might see some fringe play in the new human sex. Uh, it does not interact with your commander, even with the new die rules, because she is not a human. Which is what I thought you were trying to sneak. I thought you were trying to sneak that in on the back door and be like, wait, is she a nope. core human soldier? No, no, she's not. All right. So, again, <laughs> we're talking about um, like kind of backup commanders uh, trying to you, you don't have a lot of ways to draw cards, that sort of thing. Right. So I propose yep. that you put in this card, which I have always liked. It's worked for me. We're talking Godo Bandit Warlord. Five colors oh, in a red for a 3-3 three, three legendary <laughs> creature, Human Barbarian. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an equipment card and put it onto the battlefield. If you do, shuffle your library. So it draws you a card. Also, whenever it attacks for the first time each turn, untap it and all samurai, which we've talked about is a very relevant creature type. You control after this phase, there's an additional combat phase, right? So it tutors for a card. It's a backup commander that because the carrier's gonna get blown out over and over and over again, um, and can get you an extra combat, right? So yeah, and also it makes sense. Just need to put a helm of the host in there, and we got no. an infinite combo. But it also <laughs> it also makes sense for your commander because she has vigilance. 
So yep. she can attack. She has two attack phases, right? And you can go get whatever artifact you want. In this case, it'd likely be a hot soup because you can pay one to equip it and then it's unblockable. So we went twice to your commander and Bob's your uncle. She's not going to get two attack phases? What are you talking she about? She has vigilance. Yeah, he's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just like okay. savor the moment. Yeah. Like, so, you, so you're getting two attacks. So, uh, <laughs> boom, Mr. Combo. Um, so you're, again, you're, this he can do he can do damage, and we've all I guarantee we've all seen something where Goto comes in and warps a game around him, helm of the host or otherwise, right? Which the helm of the host doesn't really work in this deck besides with this guy. So you can go tutor for your equipment, suit it up if it's low enough CMC, and then swing in double with your commander. I feel like it does everything that you want, draws you a card, and he himself can be suited up and swing into the red zone. Yeah, I mean he's he's kind of like a, a budget friendly version of Aurelia. Sure. Um, yeah. So they, I don't mind that. And Aurelia, yeah, Aurelia, when she's on the board with the Kiri, is oppressive. Oh, Aurelia, when she's um, on the board, period, is aggressive. Yeah, she's like the she's but, like the best. She's one of my favorite cards of all time. It's like her and her and Elspeth. Yeah, it, I think this would go pretty well in here. I'm curious if I'd ever get the chance to use it or not. It's I, I struggle with mana sometimes, which I need to work on. Um, but and again, he's gonna yeah, he's, 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 he's gonna race you to like a whopping two point three CMC cost or something <laughs> if you cut it. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's certainly better than Slayer's plate. Yeah, Slayer's, pl- Slayer's plate's bad. It's it's real bad. Uh, so that's what I thought. You got your backup commander. Works well with your command. It's a backup commander on its own. Works well with your commander that you have right now, um, and can go get you that sweet, sweet, uh, sweet, sweet uh, equipment that when you need it. Yeah, it's it's fine. And uh, I'm just glad that we're finally at the end. And as promised, <laughs> here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level One Game Shop. We're going to be giving away a Chandra Spellbook. And so to enter, it's super simple, guys. We say this each episode, but I'm pretty sure no one listens this long. Um, just help promote the content that we produce, whether it's the audio or the video or the thing and the that. Uh, you get an entry for every interaction you do with on social media. Um, and we will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News. July 7th and social media soon after. And yes, we're doing giveaways each month. Could be a sweet little thing like this. It could be a sweet car. Really depends on what our sponsor level one gaming provides and really get the word out because July is our one year anniversary. Not one year from the very first episode we published, but one year from the very first episode we recorded. But the cool thing is I believe we actually announced the winner for July's giveaway in august and i believe it'll actually be around the time our first episode debuted so whatever we're doing a one-year giveaway and uh let's just say it might be draft tastic yeah boys. not to mention who would have thought one year later we would have gone past two episodes yeah exactly <laughs> we made it <laughs> i know considering big tuck initially i think wanted to record an episode a month or every three weeks i believe i was something two. like that thank you very much but i'm pretty sure we all came into the first episode going well what the hell? Yeah, let's, why not? Let's spend a little time. Nobody will listen to this. We'll be done by September. <laughs> but hey, 50,000 listens later. Woo! But hey, leave us that positive feedback because clearly someone out there is listening to us. Uh, if you enjoyed it, leave it. Um, and whatever star review, if you hated it, well, you know. Suck it. Don't, li- don't listen, don't listen in the first place. That's your own fault. <laughs> Don't let the headphones unplug on the way out. Oh, yes! Great bit! Uh, If you'd like to know more ways that you can reach out to us and get burned like that, uh, here's how you can do it. 
You can reach me at Mr. Combo Number Five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach you? For some moronic reason, which I still don't have an answer for, I'm still on Twitter at Big Tuck Tweeting. I did get a couple people direct message me or tag me or whatever, so I guess that was nice. There you um, go. But uh, yeah, still horrible. You're loved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can also go to our website, cmdtower.com. Basically, all you got to type in is Chitinous Cloak, Mystic Monastery. I don't see a D. There's a dark steel ingot tower.com. Yeah. And if you'd like to reach out and engage our awesome audio production team for your own future projects, how would they do that? Squee. Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at rich chaos records. You can find me on Twitter at dear squee. Uh, nobody slid into my DMS, but that's okay. It's you, fine. It's, I'm, not, I'm not broken up. You got Look, you got to uh, You got to You got to play coy with it, right? It's like on a date. You got to be like, ooh, like I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you. Okay, come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> and by, and, I'm out there on the Twitterverse. If you need to chat with me, feel free. Uh, nobody asked me questions. Still, that's fine. That's everything's upsetting. fine. It's all fine. Uh, other than that, hey, once once we get to fifty patrons, we'll start doing the the dear Abby dear oh, right, sweet right. corner, or better yet, we'll force you to do it because uh, we were supposed to have that going like eight months ago. That and we'll just go, and then, nobody asked any questions. And then, and then it'll be like, what am I answering myself? It'll be like, uh, so we have another we have another one here from Talk at Command Tower, uh, dear Squee. <laughs> Well, that's funny. I don't know a big tuck at Command Tower. I know a big tuck at CMD Damn Tower. Mother ever. Blast. Year later, still messing <laughs> it up. Hashtag blasted. Well, Squee does podcasts. He does music. And he does have a full studio if you are in the Kansas City metro area. If you'd like to also support the show as well as hook up with the sponsor with the orders you're already doing, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower. You hear that, Tuck? CMD Tower. Yeah, I know. That's the name of our site. I, I can't. Um, I can't read. And, and then they'll know that you came from the collective. Um, and outside of their own storefront, they do also have that TCG store with singles, and it's a great pricing. And check them out. Helping them helps them know that it's actually worth supporting us, which supports you guys with free shit every month. So do it. Um, they also do have that sweet CMD tower play mat and sleeves. I also grossly overestimated how many we had gotten rid of. So please, I got like 400 plus <laughs> things of sleeves left. I need these things gone. Play mats. I think we're at like 60 something, uh, need like another 30 or 40 gone before I can get another order of mats in. Please. I'm going crazy. I may, I may use, I may stitch these together as a, playmat blanket at some point. <laughs> I was grossly <laughs> underestimated. <laughs> Another way you can support us is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have several different reward tiers from as simple as getting sleeves or getting sleeves and playmats or getting sleeves and playmats and other stuff. <laughs> uh, and we also do have stretch coals that can also help get you on the uh, YouTube podcast series with your own sweet, sweet brew. And as well as every tier does give you those additional entries into the level one game shop giveaway. And of course, thank you to Pink Royal for the music provided and the beginning and the end. So gents, it's 9.39 p.m. Central Standard Time mm -hmm. on a Thursday. Yep. 
We talked a weatherlight report special tonight. Line dancing with Akiri to Ludovic's dismay, mm -hmm. which I guess that is his dismay since he's about to get booted from this uh, <laughs> this uh, dance quartet. Bye, Felicia. Um, how do we feel, Squeed? Do you think we helped make this deck a little bit better, or do you still feel like you're digging in the bottom of your garbage disposal? Well, to me, I think we have taken this from a four <laughs> to maybe a five. <laughs> Slight upgrades. Yeah, so we're taking it from a pre-con to a slightly better pre-con. Exactly. The value. Uh, yes. Uh, no, there were, there were some good good recommendations and more so such some good direction on other cards that I can start looking for that are in the budget realm. Um, I'm going to set a goal to make this, if at all humanly possible, not sure. <laughs> Playable. A six. I want to get it to a six. Jeez. Gonna win it like one out of every six games is my goal. That's all I'm asking for. Not a lot here. Don't want it to be oppressive. Just want to get it to a six and be done with it. And I think we can do that with, uh, well, quite honestly, any tinkering at all, which I have done zero of. So, uh, <laughs> I like. Uh, yeah, I, I like your recommendation. I like the stack. I think it's got wheels to it. I think you should keep the same commanders you have. I know you probably won't uh, because well, you're also spending fifty dollars on a. So I, like, I, I think like much. I think if you keep the idea of like budget, but like and like some weird cards, but mix in a few ones that are more staples, I think this deck can have some wheels to it. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Hey. Yeah, I you know I think if because you got a lot of hot trash that you can cut <laughs> and it'll it'll maybe put your CMC to three from the two that it's at. Uh, but I think you. if you took a lot of the I think if you took a lot of the ads that we talked about tonight, it would probably cost you. Let's just call it twenty bucks yeah, right. at the ceiling, and that's because my dragon was ten. Right, right, right. Um, and so twenty dollars I think takes your deck from a four where it's a sneaky six to where it's probably a six and could be a sneaky seven. Sure. I don't think it's gonna like make the, I, I think your sneakiness level is going to drop because obviously you're going to have more impactful cards right, right. and not this hot piece of trash. But I think you will have more fun playing the deck. A, yep. it's not gonna be a deck that you're gonna be frustrated with. And uh, I mean, who, who really knows? It could be something to where you end up playing it and you're like, man, I got my Reese go wide and I got my Akiri go tall and I actually have fun playing yeah. both and I don't know which one I want to play. Yeah. And I think that's always a good place to be in. I think it is. And maybe closing statement is I might even just run Akiri and put another card in there. Yeah, sure. Why not? Well, I mean, I will say this with all due respect. If you're going to do that, just do Bruce Toro as the yeah, other partner. Yeah. And then that way you always have access to the strength. two cards because Bruce would wreck it. Yeah, this I agree. Yeah, he Bruce would. is really good. He's a big boy and yeah. I kind of look like him too. So, well, that's it. Let's uh, make Big Tuck your second partner. See yeah. ya. Yeah.